0: I praise the lord we thank the lord for his goodness and for his mercy god is good all the time uh, there is nobody greater than our god um, there is nobody quite like our god in fact there's nobody like him um, he keeps doing great things there's uh, so much to say about the lord and uh, and his work and and how he does what he does and 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 just uh, us being appreciative of the things that the Lord does for us. Why? Because we know that he doesn't have to do any of those things. We are going to go ahead and uh, dive right into the word of God. Um, I hope that you got your Bibles and that you're ready. So we are in the uh, book of Psalms. We are in the 27th number. We are, uh, as always, we're going to start at verse one and we're going to keep going um, until we get to our um, our text scripture for this morning. The word of God says this uh, Psalms 27, starting at one, a psalm of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? And remember, we learned that that strength of my life means he's a mountain stronghold. Amen. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Amen. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me in this, will I be confident? One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Amen. Verse number five, for in the time of trouble, he shall what hide me in his pavilion In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Amen. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises. Unto the Lord, Amen. That was verse number six. Let's take a look at verse number seven. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice; have mercy upon also upon me, and answer me. When thou saidst, "Seek my face," Amen. My heart said unto thee, "Thy face will I seek." May the Lord. Have a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of His Word. As always, God is absolutely good. We are picking up, brothers and sisters, talking about God's mercy when we cry. And um, I and I just and you know I I, I don't know how you uh, how how this has been blessing you, but I know that it has been tremendously blessing me. And I thank God for that. And um, and um, and and I know He's going to continue with blessing us as we pursue his word amen god rewards that god honors that when we push forward in his word hear oh lord when i cry aloud be gracious to me and answer me amen you have said seek my face my heart says to you Your face, Lord, do I seek. That is the same verses, uh, that's Psalm 27, that's seven and eight, but that's from the English Standard Version. Um, And I've told you before, it's good to read from the different versions um, to see how um, many of the scriptures were translated. Oftentimes, once you read a couple of the different translations, that alone, um, I I found God uses that to help build a um, a, a very uh, clear picture At times. Um, And now you need to understand that that doesn't take the place of you having to deep dive into the word and going into the scripture and having prayerful study. Okay, so you can't just read different translations of the scripture and then walk away talking about you got it. No, you don't. You don't have it. You have some of it. But in order to get um, as much as God has for you, there's going to have to be some prayer that's involved. Amen. Prayer and study go hand in hand. And um, and um, you're going to have to 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 take the word of God and you'll have to dive into the word of God without. okay, predefined ideas. So if you got your mindset that you understand, the best thing that you can do when you approach the word is you're gonna to have to drop all that. I'm just telling you, just it, this is just a helpful um, Bible study tip to you when you're approaching the word, don't assume you already know, uh-uh. be ready to hear. Cause I guarantee you God is, is more than able to show you something that you don't know. Brothers and sisters, you can read the same scripture a thousand times and God can give you a thousand different things Every time you read it, don't put God in a box and don't confine him to your own, your, your, your intellect. Uh, Listen, you might be smart, but you are not that smart. Nobody's smarter than God. Okay. So we got to leave room for God um, to work and for God to have his way. This is just important and just good just just good mechanics when it comes to Bible study. In our last lesson, um, and that was a wonderful, God really blessed, but in our last lesson, we talked about David's head being bowed down while on the rock, okay? We talked about that, um, and we really got into the meaning of that, what it actually represents, and that's a good thing. Why? Because it really is something strong. It really is something um, it really is something for us to behold and something that we need to be aware of amen what did what what that actually means okay uh again we can approach it with a uh, preconceived ideas and notions. But if we did that, we'd miss all the flavor and all of the nuances that God has in his word. So we don't want to do that. We want God to give us what he wants. We want fresh bread, amen, amen, for that. We, we but with this, we should now have a, uh, we should more fully understand a few things, okay? Um, we should be uh, aware now. Okay, of 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 a few more things. Okay, number one, we we should be more fully aware that the rock's height. Amen. Because remember, David is set upon a rock. So David set on a rock, and we are set on a rock. That's what God does for us, and we should now have a better understanding that when God does this, the you understand the rock's height. Amen, amen. the The rock's height, okay, is greater than that of the enemy okay that is something that you you want to make sure that you keep in mind the height of the rock is greater than the enemy we talked about that okay the enemy might be tall and he might be trying to intimidate you with his height wants to you to think that he's going to overcome you that he's going to drown you out that he's going to overtake you but i'm here to tell you that god glory to God. He's so tall, you cannot get over him. He's so wide, you're not going to get around him. And he's so deep, you're not going to go under him. And he's so thick. He's so dense that you that <laughs> all you can do is get lost in him. And I don't know about you, but that's exactly where I want to be. When the troubles of life, the trials of day to day seem to reach uh, um, uh, the zenith, of, just of, of, of all kinds of ridiculousness and foolishness. I am so glad that we can go to the rock that is higher than we are, amen. You can see clearer from the vantage point that the rock provides, amen. This is important, why? Because the scripture tells us this, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, what? And lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways, Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. We read this in Proverbs. Amen. We The rock allows us to, being on the rock allows us to not have to rely on our own ability to to see our surroundings or taking in our surroundings. Uh-uh. In other words, I don't have to go looking and, and, and peering over a corner and trying to stretch and trying to reach and see what I can see trying to stand up as tall as I can to see what's over the tops of those trees or those bushes or whatever life throws at me. I don't have to do that. And you know what, family? You don't have to do that. Why? Because the Lord God Almighty is the rock. We learned that. Amen. Jesus is that rock. And when And and when he sets us on the rock, meaning he sets us really on himself, our God, amen, is taller than everything else around him. Amen. So he's greater. The rock's height is greater than that of the enemy. Don't let the devil lie to you trying to sell you all those those strange ideas, trying to have us thinking that that we're not going to make it. The devil is a liar. And he's the founder of lies. He don't have no incentive to tell you the truth and he's not gonna tell you the truth. So stop waiting on the devil to tell you what's, what's up. He's not gonna do that. He's gonna tell you everything that you need to know in order to go to hell. That's what the devil does. But God, The Bible tells us that he has the words of eternal life. Glory to God. You don't want to hear what the devil has to say. You want to hear what Jesus has to say. So we're going to only listen to him. We're going to bypass the devil and send, give him his walking papers. The second thing that we learned is, is that being set on the rock by default, placed David and it places us, amen, at a higher elevation. Now we talked about it just a moment ago uh, from the standpoint of it allowing what? A great vantage vantage point. So we got a good view. The height of the rock makes it mo- also conducive, brothers and sisters, to take in all the sights around. You get to see where the enemy's mobilizing. You get to see where he's trying to cause trouble. You get to see where you're going to have to deal with some hard times and some difficult times. Amen. Listen, it's not always the devil. okay? Some There are things that that happen at times in life, and you got to understand it. Everything that happens to you in life that is not agreeable and is not what you like is not devil related, not everything. So some of us, we we really actually have that bad. We want to blame the devil, you know, for everything. No, no, you blame the devil for what's his problem and what's clearly his, and the Bible outlines what the devil does. But sometimes we want to villainize the devil when it's our own Amen. Lack of commitment and lack of spiritual discipline and other areas that are causing problems in our life. But then we also learn something else. Not only that, but then sometimes there are some appointed things, some appointed trouble. There's some things that God appoints. So you want to be clear before you start just giving the devil all the credit or for everything. You better make sure. Hold on. Wait a minute. The devil might not be the culprit. It might be you. Okay. And also, it might not be you. Guess what? It might be something that God is doing. Amen. So, we want to make sure that we understand that. But being on the rock by default, family, place David and it places us at a higher elevation. And not only does it allow us to get a clear picture of things around us, but it puts us beyond the enemy's reach. And that is a total blessing that we are beyond the enemy's reach. That means, family, that whatever the devil is trying to tell you or the enemy's trying to tell you or <laughs> listen, or your guilty conscience might be trying to tell you, doesn't matter what it is. Listen, our God is greater. He is greater than the voice of, <laughs> of the enemy. And you know what? He is greater than the your voice in your head. He's greater than you. He's greater than the condemn- the self-condemnation that sometimes we run ourselves through. He's greater than all that. Our God is greater. And he's not gonna stop being greater, family. Friends, he's not going to stop being greater. And you wanna know why? I'm gonna tell you real simply, because he's God. And that means he's sovereign. See, God will lay down the word and he does. And he did, amen. And what he says is final. You you, you don't undo it. You don't revoke it. You don't, you can't short circuit it. What God has spoken, guess what? It's said, it's done. It is out there and he's going to uphold it by the power of his own might. Glory to God. God speaks it. Will he not perform it? When did God fail you? When did God not come through? And if you say it was on such and such date, I would tell you, you better check the record. Because the last time I checked, God cannot fail. Those areas in your lives where you felt like, man, God didn't show up the way you wanted him to. God is not at your beck and command. God does, listen, he is sovereign. And he will work all things after the counsel of his own will. I may ask God to do something right here and right now. And in my mind, I feel that this is the timing. This is what it is. But can I tell you that God Almighty, though he sets us on a rock that's higher than the enemy, I want you to understand something get and still, he still remains even higher than us. (laughs) Glory to God. He's higher than us. And what does that mean? It means he sees what you don't see. It means he knows what you don't know. And it means that he knows exactly what needs to happen. Why? Because he's got, because he's got it all in the palm of his hand. So places us on a rock place, David on a rock, and he's beyond the breach of the enemy. Amen. We also said that the rock, We learned this last week uh, in, in closing. The rock is not a place. It's not a place God takes you because you have it all together. Amen. It's not a place that he takes you because you have it all together. Many times we feel like we have to earn God's forgiveness. Family, you can't earn God's forgiveness. Uh uh-uh. uh, It's a free gift. It is part of the graceful nature of God. It's a part of the merciful nature of God. And he gives that forgiveness. Do you know to, to who? To those that are willing to repent. You got to change your mind about doing wrong. You got to change your mind about living crooked. You got to change your mind about being shady. You got to change your mind about being slick, just going to get over. You got to change your mind about doing just a little bit of the world and a little bit of God trying to mix it. Listen, they don't mix. It's oil and water. Oil and water don't mix. You get what I'm saying? Holiness and unholiness also do not mix. Righteousness and unrighteousness do not mix. Doubt and praise do not mix. Amen. 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 The rock is not a place that God takes you because you have it all together. Because you somehow beat the odds and you you got through this and 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 you're you're, you're that person. You're you're that man, you're that woman. No, 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 no. The rock is a place that God takes you so that you can get it together. Because you don't have it together and you need to get it together. And it is his will that you get it together. Family, God has not, it is not God's intention to leave you behind. The Bible says, Psalms 23, the Lord is our shepherd. I shall not want. That means he is both our guide and he is both our protector all at the same time. That's what that means. That's what that means. When he says the Lord is my shepherd. He's saying that God is his protector. And God is his guide. And he's the same for us. He is the same for us. The rock is the place that God takes you. When you get overwhelmed. Because you've been overwhelmed. Because the enemy seems to be starting to storm the gates. And because we are not where we need to be in our prayer life and in our study. And if God were to allow us to stay there, the enemy would overrun us. But you got to understand something. God keeps you for his name's sake. That means his glory is on the line. It's not just because he loves you. And it is, he does love you. But you got to understand when you come into the household of faith, family, you're you, listen, you are now associated with the most high God. You are associated with he that was, that is, and that forever will be. You now bear the name of the most high. You are sons and daughters, heirs and joint heirs in Christ. How is he going to just let you fall? How is he going to let you just fall apart? I know life gets going. Been dealing with a whole lot of that. But for as much as it has felt at times like life was unwinding, can I tell you that God was wrapping you tighter onto him? That's what he was doing. You might have thought that you were, that it's unwinding. Oh, no, no, no. But what's really happening when God takes you to that rock, God is tightening you up. God's winding you up tighter and and closer to his person. Why? Because at a certain point, if you're going to make it, you got to get lost in Jesus. You got to get to the place where you just see him. And you're not going to get to that place where you just see him if you don't get to that place where you want to just see him. Got to get your affections right. We got to get our heart right. Stop getting caught up in all this stuff that's happening in the world. The world going to be the world. That's what it is. It's going to be the world. And it's going to go exactly the way God has outlined it. Don't get bent out of shape. No, no, no. Don't get run off. Don't let COVID run you off. Uh uh-uh, uh 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 uh. Uh-uh. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. And don't let churches or people or leaders or whoever it may be, who because of fear, seem to be advising, at times. The people to do this, that, and the other, all which bring us into rebellion. When the Bible plainly tells us, you got to obey those that have rule over you. That you got to obey those laws. Don't let people because there's a whole lot of people are running scared right now, and they trying to bring about God's blessing. Let me tell you something. God ain't never needed the church's help in order to bless them. He ain't never needed that. He has never required, never. He has never become unable to provide for you in the middle of the most dire situations because of us. In other words, he need us In order to bless, no, 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 it don't work that way. It don't work that way. It does not work that way. You got to be obedient. There is a time to stand up where the church stands in civil disobedience. There is a time for that. To know that time, you simply need to read the scripture. Read about the Hebrew boys when they were commanded to worship (laughs) the king and not worship God, they were directly told not to do this. But they decided that they are going to worship and they are going to pray, they are going to praise their God in spite of. The world told them directly Do not do this. That's when we stand up. When the apostles were forbidden specifically to speak in the name of Jesus, they came back and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. That is when and only when civil disobedience is allowed among the children of God. But if nobody is telling you, and I'm listening, I hope you hear, this is not what you insinuate. Don't you insinuate what people are saying. You wait to let them tell you. I don't want you to preach in Jesus' name. I don't want you to teach in Jesus' I don't want you to promote this gospel. You let them tell you, don't do it. And then that's when we stand against it. But outside of that, the position of the church is to be obedient to what the word of God says. And when the word of God tells us that we've got to honor and obey the king and the governor, you got to do just that. And anything less than that is the spirit of rebellion. And last time I checked, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Glory to God. Glory to God. You got to do what's right because it's right. You want God to bless you? You got to do what God says do and allow him to do what he's going to do. God have never told you to run scared from a president, from a governor, or from anybody else. I'm sorry, but you don't have permission to back down. But this is where we stand and be counted. But that don't require breaking the laws and doing things that are unrighteous in order to prove that we on the Lord's side. God don't need you to do that. What do he need you to do? He needs you to stick to the plan. He needs you to follow the script. What's the script, Brother Walker? The Bible is the script. Be careful what you're listening to, and you better make sure that you are doing it the way that the Bible tells you to do it. When you hear these things, and for those of us who like to be out there and want to make a big deal over wearing masks and all other sorts of things, what is the problem? What manner of foolishness is this? You don't have to believe that you are going to get COVID. We pray that you don't. But how are you glorifying God? By being reckless and rebellious. But you're doing it in the name of Jesus. You're not doing it in the name of Jesus. Newsflash, you're doing it in yourself. How can you prioritize yourself, especially when your soul is already saved? You already went through the process. But now we prioritize ourselves over our brothers and sisters, missing the opportunities that we have to witness. All because we want to make pointless points. We want to pick a fight in battles that God already won. That fight's already over. God already has won that battle. He is our source. He is our deliverer. Our trust is in him. Not on the arm of flesh. The rock is a place where God take us to get it together and we need to get it together. Don't be disobedient to where you won't even do the little things. And then somehow you think that God is behind it and God is endorsing it. That is unrighteousness. When the states come up with laws, You're not going to like every law. And as long as those laws are not forcing you to transgress the law of God, and I'm not talking about what you insinuate, but what that word of God actually says, you are duty-bound to serve God by being obedient and doing what you can do. You don't just go not wash your hands to make a a spiritual point. That ain't a spiritual point. You don't just go not wear a mask to make a spiritual point. God ain't told you to do that. You don't get to choose between whether you are going to follow the instructions of a president versus that of a governor. The word of God tells you you got to honor the king and you got to honor the governor. That's in the word of God. It's not a faith issue. It's an obedience issue. And many of us got to go right back to that place of obedience. Amen. Amen. And I'm so thankful that the rock is also a place even for that. Because on the rock, that's where we hear God telling us that you got to love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. You might not think that you're going to get any type of cold or disease or anything. But your neighbor is weaker than you. And he or she might think that they will. How about you wear a mask and gain an opportunity to witness? Instead of walking in straight up rebellion. Wounding the conscience of the person that's already weak. What type of holiness is that? That is trash before God. That's unrighteousness and it's wickedness. You don't tempt God to take care of you. The Bible says if the meat that I eat offends my brother, then I don't eat that meat. The Apostle Paul tried to illustrate that he was very aware of his spiritual liberties. And that although all things were lawful for him, they were not all expedient. You have a right to not wear a mask, you have a right for all these different things, but the question is, is not do you have a right not to do these things, the question is, is should you not do it? I know that's not what some people like, but you need to hear it, you need to hear it, you need to hear it, because God is not pleased. But you can put A spiritual gloss on trash all day long. But let me tell you something. It's still trash. Wrong is wrong. Our help wasn't never coming from man. It was always coming from the Lord. Stop trying to make points that God ain't told you to. Be obedient. If the laws or mandates are in place for how you are supposed to do things, the church got to be obedient. We stand up when it crosses the line and it tells us that we cannot worship and that we cannot praise God and we cannot speak in his name. And not one time through all of this has that been said but we have surely insinuated that. That's a lie from the devil. Why? Because the church will always be at their most vulnerable when they operate and walk in disobedience. The devil... know that he can't just curse you. He knows that he cannot just get the child of God. So the way that he does it is that he got to get you to step outside the will of God. And one of his most favorite tactics when it comes to dealing with the household of God is to get us twisted up in the area of doctrine. The teaching of the Most High, and that usually happens when we take what God said and we start mixing it a li- with a little bit of our opinion. God don't need your opinion. God don't want your opinion. You don't know what you're talking about. You need Him to help, just to help you think straight. So how is the Most High gonna let you counsel Him? God don't have no tutors and he don't need no counselors. God just asked you to be obedient. God asked me to be loyal. Not to ruin your testimony and to miss your opportunities. Many of you put too much faith and too much trust in your leaders. You trust them more than you pray for them. And so when they're out of line, you can't even find out and you can't even tell. Why? Because you are out of line. I know this is a hard lesson today. I know, I know, I know, but you got to hear it. You got to hear it. You got to hear it. if what your leaders are telling you don't line up to what the word of God is, don't follow that mess. Pray for them. But you'll go the right way. We don't get to pick and choose. What parts of the Bible we gonna obey, and what parts we gonna throw away? You're on the hook for all of it. If the man of God that you sit under if he never preaches from all the way from from the first scripture in Genesis to the last in Revelation, if he never covers every single topic, do you not know that when your day comes, you are still on the hook? Why? Because you got a Bible yourself. You're responsible for knowing the word of God. Don't trust me. Trust God for me. Entrust me to God. I may disappoint, I may fail, and I may get it wrong. I'm human after all, and so are you. But God, he's incredible. God, he is holy. God, he's unchangeable. God, he's unfailing. It's time to come back to the middle. Come back to the middle of the road, right where the word is. Before you started leaning to the left and going too far to the right, you got to come right back to the middle. You got to come right back. You got to come right back to the middle, to the place of obedience where you follow the word of God. The man of God is not supposed to be telling you what he think and what he feel. The man of God is called to tell you what does saith the Lord. You don't follow me off of what I feel and what I think the Lord is leading me. Uh uh-uh. You don't go nowhere until you hear what thus saith the Lord. And when I tell you what thus saith the Lord, even then, you better not follow. You better line it up to the word of God and make sure that what I'm talking about is what that word of God is talking about. Because if I'm in the will of God, then everything that I'm saying to you, what I preach to you, going to line up with the word of God. It's going to be backed up by the word of God. It's going to be supported by the word of God. It's going to be upheld by the word of God. And it's going to crush everything that's not the word of God. Why? Because he's unfailing. You better start praying for your leaders, no matter where you are. See, this message is heard. Glory to God. All over the world. God has done that. And it's a whole lot of people dealing with a whole lot of things. And you're trying to find the balance. between faith and 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 being practical and and all of these different things but all of these things are not mutually exclusive to one another Faith is still just faith, family. Faith wasn't never known for being practical. It's just known for being faith. It rises and it surges. In the face of what don't make sense. It is at its maximum beauty when it stands in in defiance of conventional wisdom. But faith don't ask you to sin. Faith don't require you to transgress. We're so out of shape dealing with all the political things. But God is not Republican or Democratic. God is holy. Is God's hand so shortened that he can't control the heart? Of a Democrat, should he be in office? Is God's hand so shortened that he can only work through a Republican? Or is it vice versa for you? How about you just pray for the Republican and the Democrat, and while you're at it, pray for everybody else. And while you pray for them and entrust them into God's hand, how about this? This is a novel idea. How about we get busy doing what the Bible says do? How about we be about God's business and not our own? The rock is not a place God takes you because you have it all together. But rather it is where he takes us so that we can get it together. Our churches are divided, households are divided, and why? Because we have taken our eyes off of God Almighty. We're picking governors and senators and all these sorts of things when we're supposed to be picking Jesus. And now the antics of man have left left us disillusioned, hurt, and disappointed. And we don't know how to act. But had we stayed where we were supposed to be, this wouldn't even have been a thing that we have to work through. But I'm so glad God giveth what? More grace. Because where sin abound, you know what? Grace did much more abound. Oh, and it's abounding right now. I'm telling you that grace is abounding right now. Right now it's abounding. I don't know if you want. Boy, oh, it is abounding. That means it's thick. That means it's overflowing. That means it is. Oh, that means it is flourishing. There's so much grace for us to get it right, right now. And if you are a child of God. And you have been walking in disobedience. I don't care if you thought that that's what you're supposed to do. You won't wear no mask. You won't do any of these different things. And you done somehow got it tied up to made it a faith issue and all. It don't have nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. You need to find an altar of repentance right where you are. And you need to go back to that word of God. And you need to decide that you're going to do what the word of God tells you to do. There is a time and a place and a season for everything. And if you will stay in that word, you won't need somebody to try to tell you when the time and when the season to stand up in civil disobedience is, you will know what that is. Because the word clearly outlines it. You can find it in the book of Romans and you can find it in the epistles of Peter. Stop prioritizing yourself. And start loving your neighbor, looking for opportunities to share the gospel. These people are afraid. And you and I are sitting on the cure for that fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. And last time I checked, God is love. He is perfect love. And if we would operate in him, we would stop prioritizing ourselves and walking in disobedience. And start walking in obedience. See, a lot of people don't understand this scripture in Second Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to start at verse number three. The Bible says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. When you rebel and the word of God ain't behind you, you're walking in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And here's where we get twisted up. It's the next verse, the sixth verse that says, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Many people skip right over that because they don't understand it. And what it's talking about is that you can make good On the things that you didn't do, the things that you got wrong, the things that you screwed up and messed up and and, and, and somehow tore up. You will be ready, you will be equipped, you will be established, you will be positioned. To change. All of the negative, all of the disobedience that is associated with you, when you start being obedient, it literally is telling you that all the stuff that's tied to your name, all the stuff that's tied to your actions, God can allow you to make good on every shortcoming, every area, every fault, every failure, if you will go back to the place of obedience. That's what he's talking about. That's what he means. Having in a readiness. That readiness is being positioned. Being in a state or in a position to capitalize. This scripture literally is talking about overcoming the faults and the failures that you failed to prior. It is literally telling you that it is by obedience to what the word of God says that you gain strength, that when you cross paths with the thing that you failed before to, that you are now able to stand up, triumph, and overcome. That's what he's talking about. But that only happens with obedience. Amen. Amen. The rock is not a place God takes you because we have it all together. But rather, it's where he takes us so that we can what? Get it together. See, on the rock, you're supposed to be seeing him. On the rock. Amen. 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 Be obedient, children of God. Be obedient. You do not get to pick and choose what laws you are going to follow. You do not get to do that. You do not get to say, I'm going to follow the federal laws and ignore all the laws. No, you don't get to do that. Stop fighting against God's will. God puts into position and into power whom he chooses. And God at times even allows the wicked to come into power for a purpose, but also for a season. And when that season is over, God changes the guard. And that wicked person that he allowed to be in charge prior, if that person, in the time of their leadership, have not found the place of repentance, have not come to God, have not repented of their sins, then when God changes the guard, he will also judge that person. You better hear what I'm saying. He gonna do that independent of you and he don't need your help to do it. The Bible tells you. The Bible teaches us and shows us very plainly when we stand and must stand in civil disobedience. But when you do, you better make sure that the word of God is backing you up. Because rebellion is still as the sin of witchcraft. And you can gloss it up all you want. You can paint it all that you want. But trash with a spiritual gloss is still trash. And God ain't having none of it. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. See, I come to God with trash behavior. But he don't leave me that way. He makes me new. If any man be in Christ, what? He's a new creature. Old things, that's passed away. All things are become new. Why? Because he don't want trash. You can't put a spiritual spin on unholiness. There is no gray area. Religious academia is not going to save you from disobedience. You got to submit your heart and your will to God. You got to repent. You got to turn from it. You got to stop excusing it. And many of you doing what you know is wrong. Because you are trusting what somebody else said. When you need to be trusting what God said, and then you need to be entrusting that person to God, so they'll start saying the right stuff, whoever they may be, wherever they may be. Family, love God. Honor him in all things. Give him the best of your service. And trust him to take care of you. Whether it's through COVID, whether through the changing of the political guards or whoever it is, uh uh-uh. God is still God and you are still his and he got your back your front your top your bottom and everything else don't trust man trust God God bless your family we'll be with you again next week